Hi family, hi friends, hi food lovers. Hey neighbors, hey community, hey comics, people who like to cook, connect, and kvetch. Thanks so much for joining me for Hot Dish. Hello and welcome to Hot Dish. I'm your host, Lauren Huberman. Each week, I attempt to cook up something hot and tasty while chatting with a guest who dishes about their life. Today, I'll be making a crispy, cheesy pan pizza. This was the 2020 recipe of the year from the King Arthur Baking Company. It's a really, really big deal. And like this pizza, my special guest today is also a really big deal. I have with me the very funny comedian, Pat McGann. He has been on The Late Show with David Letterman, Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He toured with Sebastian Maniscalco. And like this pizza, in 2020, he had a special that debuted called When's Mom Gonna Be Home? And it's very funny, and I'm very happy to have you here, Pat. Hello. What's up, Lauren? <laughs> That was I've never so heard normal. of the King Arthur baking. It's Is big this a, time. Are, they, are they huge? King Arthur? It's really big. It's like the Academy Awards for baking, you know, like this. Is recipe. Really? Yeah, this is huge. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to show you right now. Like, I have to tell you, this is the dough and I'm using the skillet pan and I did have to do a lot of work ahead of time, but I did it for you. Is that the cast iron? Is that a, those are the best. You don't have to wash those, right? It's amazing. Yeah. Can't use soap on them, right? I mean, I do. Sometimes I know you're not supposed to. I've read a lot of research about this. So. Oh, you have. Okay. Oh, yeah. I love that you have like <laughs> such a um, theme with the, the King Arthur and the cast iron. It's very Renaissance. It's like it's, a. Oh my Love it, it is renaissance and really it's like a tribute to you like the 2020 and then your special came out in 2020. Right. And Didn't I time that well? That was great. <laughs> that <laughs> When's mom going to be home? We, we named that before the pandemic. <laughs> When's mom going to be home? I was like when is mom not going to be home? <laughs> She's always home. You're always home. <laughs> right. Kids are always home. Yeah everyone's home. Are you losing your mind yet or no? No it's been good actually. I mean, you talk about like any silver lining, it's been that, like not um, not traveling as much and, you know, the pace. I'm kind of looking at this as like a halftime. You know, I'm like middle of my, I was about ready to have my midlife crisis. And then it's like, we all have to have a crisis. Like, can't I have my own crisis? But <laughs> I've been looking at it as like halftime. Yeah. You know? Like our coach is like, all right, we're getting our ass kicked out there. We got to go out there. We got to do things differently. Oh my God. I know. I'm scared of re-entry. Like I did right. one thing yesterday and I was completely overwhelmed and wiped out. Like one thing in public? Yeah. Oh what'd yeah. You, I, I had coffee with friends and I sat outside in the sun and I was like, that's it. Like my day's <laughs> over. <laughs> you know? I, do I you mean, feel like you're rusty, like socializing? Like having a conversation, like, gosh, I'm not even like that good at small talk anymore. Yeah, I know. And then I have to like kill it every week on this podcast. It's really, it's really <laughs> stressful. <laughs> While you're cooking too, you're adding stress to it, Lauren. 
you're like, I'm not just going to talk. I'm going to bring up a recipe from a king and try and replicate <laughs> the king's recipe in my home. Oh my God, you're so right. Yeah, that's, yeah, perfect. Perfect summary. Um, I have to say, I was thinking, so first of all, I should say, obviously, you know, I, I know you, you're a comic, I'm a comic. I do put you in a different category, let's be clear about that, you know. No. Like, I'm like not trying to make it. And, and, what you <laughs> and you have made it. But well, thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> Someone who's not trying to make it. <laughs> Listen, it's just how I roll, you know. Sure, but, yeah. but like now you can add this to your list of accomplishments. I thought you were going to segue to your pizza dough right there when you go. That's how I roll. And then start kneading. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But, Pat, I was, I was thinking, so obviously we know each other through Sarah, who is your wife. And I met Sarah when I was 17. I met her in the dorms at Wisconsin in Madison, and I loved her immediately. She, I can't believe she, that. You guys were 17. Can you we believe that? We were 17. That? We were the biggest morons. And <laughs> <laughs> you guys lived on the same floor, right? Yeah. She lived like three doors down from me and I just adored her and loved her and wanted to be her friend. And I made it happen. And when I go through old stuff in my, like in my bedroom, it's like all this childhood stuff. I have handwritten letters from her that we wrote each other in the summers and oh, it's, wow. it's, it's so sweet. She's, she's precious to me. And she's also hilarious. I love that you say those. Oh That's my great. God. I have stuff like that too. Aren't those like prized possessions? Yes. Did you and, guys yeah. talk like day one? Did you meet immediately? Pretty soon. Maybe like, it took me a couple months to get to know her. You know, I had other people <laughs> trying right. to be my friend. So <laughs> then... <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, once we started talking and hanging out a little bit, that was it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, she just cracks me up. Well, but I just remember I, when I met her, she was one, you were one of the first people that she was like, you, you got to meet my friend Lauren. So, uh, you know, I was there at Duffy's at that St. Patrick's Day party. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And Sarah was like, this is him. And I was like, oh my God, he's so cute. <laughs> this is him. <laughs> yeah, this is him. <laughs> but, um, and then I was thinking about how you guys came to my Passover Seder at my house, at my old house on Wellington. I, do you yeah, your sister was there too, so right? long ago. My sister and, and Emily Chris. came and Chris and like, and then I was thinking, oh my God, and I subjected you to my going away party before I went to Israel that I threw for myself. <laughs> I was like, she's coming back. This is, I, all, this is all nonsense. I thought I was going to like get blown up in a bus in Tel Aviv. So no, that was, that was a big deal. No, it wasn't. It just, I was convinced. How long were you over there for? 12 weeks. Wow. Thank God you had a going away party. I remember going to your house and you weren't even packed. You're like, obviously. <laughs> oh my God, Pat. So anyway, um, no, it just cracks me up. But so I've known you obviously for a long time before you started stand up as well. And like, I'm just, you know, I know a little bit about the background, but I don't know if we've talked so much about it. Like 
how did you start doing stand-up and like what was the impetus for that well you know that party you mentioned where i met sarah at that's march of 07 and i remember going to uh, my buddy's 30th at the end of that month his birthday's at the very end of march and I, I saw a girl there um that i went to dayton with and she was like do you remember pat bryce now do you remember pat bryce who went to uh he went to dayton pat passed away later that year very sad uh Great guy. I actually went to Dayton with him. Knew him, but didn't really know him. But we knew, you know, kind of who, who each other was. And um, this friend of mine, Amy, was like, do you know who's doing stand-up? Pat Bryce. She's like, you should try stand-up. And I had always been, like, thinking of it. But so to hear someone else say it, you know, it was kind of like, wow. And I remember telling Sarah about it and, like, showing her, like, notebooks that I had written and she was really like, you should go to, go to an open mic. And then I, um, I did, I went to, uh, an open mic like that September and that's kind of how I started. But Pat was part of this blurs group that included like TJ Miller, Kamal Nanjiani, Kyle Kinane, like all these comics that were really building this scene in Chicago and were just actually about to leave and left like right when I started. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually, uh, Pat passed away that August. Oh. And it was, uh, but all of that was just kind of like connected for me. Like it made it seem like, oh my gosh, I know somebody that's doing it. Like just normalized it all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I got started. Wow. And you didn't like, you didn't do any of the classes or anything. Like you had just started keeping notebooks on your own and like writing down ideas. Yeah, I had always been into that. Like I always like to write um i did go to a writing seminar like a day seminar that um doby maxwell was doing at Sec it was at second city but it wasn't related to second city they were just using the space there mm -hmm. because he ran a comedy class at zany's and i was i was like tempted to do it because it culminated with stage time it was like you the graduation was doing a set on the stage at Zany's and I was like, that's what I want. Like, I, can you imagine like be able to get a spot there? And, um, but it was just like too much money. And I, and I just, it just kind of felt like, is that really something you could teach people? You know, mm -hmm. but I like looked into it. I started going to open mics and observing. Um, I remember going to Globe Pub and that was like one of the big mics when I started and um, you know, Kamal was there, Hannibal, um, uh, TJ Miller was there, and uh, Cameron Esposito. And I just was like, wow, this is like a, a whole thing, like a whole scene. Because all I thought about stand-up at that point in Chicago was Zanies. Mm -hmm. You know, growing up here, I just thought that was it, you know? Yeah, and there's so many independent shows and then this whole network and community and open mics, you know. Right. Well, Lincoln Lodge, mm -hmm. case in point, you know, they were probably just starting then. And, you know, I met Mark Gary probably after doing this a few years. Um, and then kind of really got more of a um, perspective of like really what the comedy scene was in Chicago because it's so much 
so much bigger than just zanies, but I really ended up going down that zanies path. Yeah. And it seemed, I mean, as an outsider, like it seemed like that happened quickly. I don't know if it felt that way for you. Yeah, it did. I mean, it didn't at the time. I mean, I remember getting booked. I did a, um, the Monday it was called the rising star showcase at Zanies, And I did not do it for, um, the first few months. And then I got an opportunity to do it. And Bert booked me after my first showcase there. Like I, that was very lucky. But at the time, I think I showcased in like October and the booking was for May. So it was like, oh my gosh, I had this like week in May at Zanies. What do I do between now and then, right? And I was doing a bunch of stuff at Walter Payton's Roundhouse. They would do like every Thursday, I would go out to Aurora and then I would um, just do mics in the city, the Chicago Performing Arts Center. I remember like uh, Wise Fools, Hoghead McDonough's, like just trying to hustle, you know? But I was also just starting to date Sarah, who's my now wife. So I was never like hanging. I couldn't, I wasn't like, I'm going to hang out with the comics all night after. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of very much so like dipping in and out and, and trying to keep my sales career going and this, um, you know, relationship with Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Juggling a lot. Um, okay. So speaking of juggling things, it's for me to, okay. Yes. Get in there. <laughs> no. So what I'm going to do, so I did, I did make the dough. God, I made it Friday night uh, and you know, it's Sunday right now. So mostly the dough is very easy to make, but I really just had to keep it refrigerated for a long time. And then I took it out about three hours ago and I, um, I put olive oil all over the bottom of the pan and then I flipped the dough on both sides and then pressed it out and just let it sit for a couple hours. So the dough is ready. So I kind of cheated, but I wasn't going to have a 36 hour podcast with you. So I had to do it that way. Right, right. You know, yeah. I feel like I just told you my life story and you're like, all right, cool. (laughs) I put olive oil in the pan. And then I flipped the dough. Like I was just so vulnerable. You like, don't give a shit. Like, All right, time to cook. Actually, <laughs> oh my god! Did you think this was like fresh air or what? I mean, Is that a food? Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I just went too deep on you. That's Sunday funny. morning. I'm so reflective during the pandemic. Are those? What are those? These are whole. They're premium whole peeled tomatoes. They are organic, as I like to tell my viewers and listeners um, that I'm sorry, but I like organic food. And I'm taking them out with my hands, which are marginally clean, and I'm putting them in my mini Cuisinart. So this is just for the sauce. It's is really that a sponsor, easy. the mini the mini Cuisinart? <laughs> <laughs> are those from, uh, what's the, the region of Italy that the tomatoes are supposed to be from, like Marzano or? Yeah, um, yeah, Marzano. Are they from there? Well, no. They're from, I don't know, Kat. They're Listen, from Indiana. I can't <laughs> I can't know everything, okay? Well, it might say on the jar, right? Doesn't well, it, it? it doesn't. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it says imported Southern Italian tomatoes. I'll have to look up the exact... <laughs> 
So I, I am putting them in the Cuisinart. I'm not using the whole thing because we don't need to go crazy here. Um, but it's really easy, just some tomatoes, some olive oil, salt, no big deal. Um, and I don't even measure things anymore because I'm so... You're not trying to make it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So this is going to be loud, but it's just going to be a second, okay? Sure. Okay. That's it. Voila. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have like acted like it took a little more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna be intense. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna take three seconds. Okay, so I have the sauce. It's very again. It's very basic and. I pride myself on using very basic whole ingredients. <laughs> pride myself on not measuring. <laughs> yeah. And in every other show, I've used like a pound of sugar. So this is the first time that I'm not using a pound of sugar. Um, I have my mozzarella cheese. I'm just gonna put it in. You're supposed to cover the whole pizza with this recipe because it helps, I mean like the whole crust, because it helps to like get it really caramelized. Um, you go like cheese sauce and then more cheese. You got it, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a Pizza Hut. <laughs> Can you put the cheese? Put a la another layer of dough over that and have cheese in the in the crust. Oh my God, you're right. And like then a hamburger and then another <laughs> layer of cheese. I'm gonna put some fresh chopped garlic as well. Okay. To separate it. Yeah, just to kind of cook it in, just get all the flavors really melding together. And honestly, I really want you to have some of this. I could drive it over later, but we'll have to see how the day goes. Yeah, see how you're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I already told you I had a big day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't overextend yourself. Do you have a um, a kitchen catchphrase yet, or like a thing that you say, like a like a uh, bam, or one of those? Uh... You know, I don't. No. Let's. I think. Well, we could make one. Well, the show is called Hot Dish, so I am making a hot dish right now. And when I pull it out of the oven, I can just yell "Hot Dish" if you'd like. <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable with. Are you watching any uh, cooking shows these days? Not really. Well, that's not exactly true. I do like the Great British Baking Show just because it's so relaxed. It's like watching golf, you know, yeah. it's like just so relaxing. Um, and then on Instagram, I see all those little like videos fast forwarded where they do all the stuff. Um, and I love, you know, I always get like the New York Times. You think people are going to fast forward this? <laughs> <laughs> what about... Um... Beat Bobby Flay. We've been watching that. Wait, what's it called? Like Beat Bobby Flay. Okay. I've never heard of that. It's on the Food Network. Oh. Which is, um, I was never a big Bobby Flay fan. I used to not, not like him. But I've been trying to release some anger during the pandemic. So I, yeah, I like Bobby now. Yeah, you're a convert. Um, okay. Now, I'm just going to show you. Here it is in the skillet. 
Everything's there. I can put the basil on now or later. It does, what do you think? Um, maybe we should wake it up a little bit first. I know. <laughs> I knew you were going to notice. That looks like, <laughs> looks like ET's on the respirator. <laughs> we got to turn on the heart light. Get that thing going. Put it in the microwave with like a wet paper bag. That'll, uh, do you ever know that trick with, with bread? Just to liven it up a little bit so wise yeah i don't know yeah. what you can do with that too i mean i'm just gonna pretend it's really perky and fresh and we're are you cooking a stalk of corn like an ear of corn back there too what's on the um <laughs> what's sauteing wait this oh that oh that oh, looks yeah, like an ear of corn from from here oh yeah no it's oven mitts oh there you go those are yeah. nice Thank is that you. full sleeve? That goes like up to the shoulder. It's crazy. I know. I love these. They're so, it's amazing, really. That's it's really what nice. it's really what you need for today's cooking. So, um, Pat, my gosh, I'm gonna put this in the oven in just a minute, and it's just gonna bake for 20 minutes, and then we're gonna check it, maybe okay, cool. 18 minutes. So, like, we can get back to our heart to heart in one second here, and. Um, Goodness sakes. Okay. I'm getting There you it go. Already. There's your catchphrase. Goodness <laughs> sakes. <laughs> oh, goodness <laughs> sakes. <laughs> I always have to say golly gee willikers to my nephews because um, they're very young. Golly gee willikers. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, Sarah tells me that, you know, sometimes your kids swear. Well, not really Josephine, but. Yeah, the boys are very. Um... You know, they like to get a, a H word in hell or, you know, some of these that they are shocked by. Oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. It's all about shock value. That's what it is. Okay. Let me put this in. I have to put it on the bottom rack and it has to cook, like I said, for however long. We're going to start with 18 minutes. This is my famous timer that I had to learn how to use over YouTube, but I've mastered it. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. One so, of the swears that they heard recently was uh, they came back and said that someone someone said the B word. Like they called called someone the B word. Yeah. And then when we when we dug further that they didn't actually say the B word, but they called they literally literally <laughs> said you're a B word, <laughs> which is pretty I love great. That. It's yeah. It's, it's a little workaround. It's a loophole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about your special, which I watched during the week. And it was, I mean, I was there, I was there when you recorded it, but I, I actually really enjoyed watching it because I could see you, I could see all your facial expressions and like, it just, it was just, perfect to be able to sit and watch and like really listen. Um, and Thanks, it's, yeah, it was, it was so funny. I think it's so spot on and relatable. And I of course love the stuff about Sarah, you know, <laughs> like the Amazon boxes and the 30%, how much was it? Oh, it's 30% off. And like, you never know the cost of anything. Oh yeah. You know? That doesn't stop. <laughs> we get, we're taking more boxes in than ever. I want to get her a clipboard and like a pencil to put behind her ear just so she can manage the shipments as they come 
Some, yeah, something like, to put the, the bill of ladings or the packing lists and all the. <laughs> it's a logistics center that you have. It, it is. I live in a sorting facility. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, you talk so much about her. I, and I was wondering, does that ever get you in trouble? You know, now that we're um, together all the time, it does change a little bit of perspective. <laughs> Like she's doing a lot. She was doing a lot. Um, so sometimes I feel like maybe I got to pump the brakes a little bit on, uh, you know, but some of it, she rolls with all of it as long as it's like based in reality, you know? I mean, lately I've been talking about how much time we spend together and we're always going on walks. Like that used to be like her example of how much time we didn't spend together. Like when was the last time we went on a walk? We never go for a walk. It's like now we got enough walks for like till 2037. Like we are good. That's all we do is we don't even like plan them. We just make eye contact. It's like, oh, is it time to go out there? Let's pretend that everything's okay. Let's. Oh my God. We do is walk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I never want to go on another walk again in my life. Really. <laughs> It's like the dumbest, most non-activity kind of thing you can ever do. <laughs> These little things are, you're spent after yesterday, right? You're done. <laughs> you had coffee with some people yesterday. You're good. Yeah, I'm good, man. Yeah. So, okay. I'm also curious about um, like your kids. You also talk about them in your special. And what do they know about your job? Um. That's a great question. They, they know that I do, they know I'm a comic now, maybe more than ever. Cause I'm doing shows here. Like I'm doing a ton of virtual stuff and now they're like, you know, they're right outside the door. So they'll uh, ask me about it or, you know, kind of, I think they know that I'm a comic, but they don't really understand. I don't even know what it means anymore, to be honest with you. <laughs> Who knows what, what's going to mean me moving forward. Um, but they know that I'm like in that world, I think, you know, like mm -hmm. they knew about the special and, but they don't really get it. I don't know. They think that I'm just like lazy. <laughs> well, so are, have they expressed interest in like, I mean, I know they're still young, but you know, performing or doing stand up or anything like that. Yeah, you know, not like um, specifically, but like Josephine is very interested in um, like acting stuff and how like things are made and, you know, um, likes to make her own videos and they're all very funny and they like to, I think, you know, make jokes and understand that, you know, they have a sense of humor and I think it just normalizes it. Just the fact that I'm doing it, it just seems normal, right? Like, because I never in like a play or was like, like going back to what I was talking about getting into stand-up, like I almost had to like hear people say like, that's normal or you could do that. Um, and I think that's what I, you know, just by doing it, you know, they, they, they think it that they could do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. Like your parents were not performers and you weren't in that world. And so now your kids are seeing your side of it. Like 
Right. It's not that strange. Like for me, it would have been crazy when I was a kid to say I was going to be a stand-up comedian, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Their favorite thing is not the, uh, I mean, I think they like that. I make jokes, but they, I did the, um, the Frosted Flakes commercial. You did? And, yeah. So I was in one with Tony the Tiger. A, a cinnamon frosted flakes commercial i think they thought that was cool oh yeah that's very cool and yeah. weird because i had like a different daughter in <laughs> the uh, <laughs> that's that's how i got the commercial because she was like a, a legit good actress and it's, it's like the only thing i've ever booked because i had <laughs> I just wrote this six-year-old's coattails oh my god um so like I'm also wondering, you know, I heard you interviewed. So I heard your interview with Rahm Emanuel a few years ago. And in the interview, you said that you think comics today are more truthful. Like, yeah. you know, and I, I'm not quoting, I don't remember the quote exactly, but just like, it's not as much about a character or an act as it used to be. And it's more based in truth. Do you think like, is the person in your special, is that, you is that true to who you are oh yeah i mean i think it's i'm trying to right like that's what the most um like significant changes in my act through the years i think is slowly trying to be as much me as i can you know definitely like it's an exaggerated version of myself but I feel like the most um, relatable stuff is the, the, the true stuff and, you know, um, just being honest and mining your own experiences. I just feel like that's where comedy is at. Like if something's not true now, audiences are, you know, most of them are sophisticated enough to, to be like, this isn't, you know, this is ridiculous or, you know, and I feel like that's where comedy started. Like when I, when I started and it was like this alt scene, like you don't hear that as much anymore now because com it's just, I don't know, not to get too deep on it, but yeah, I do think that, that it's not like my exactly me, but close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when you think back to when you first started, like your first performance at Zany's, you know, what was that material like and versus like your material now today like observational like some of it i feel like was kind of close but it was like detached you know i had bits about taco bell i had bits about homeschool i was not homeschooled but i had like you know i thought that was like funny but now it's like why would i talk about that i don't have like an experience with it mm -hmm. um so it's just like kind of like looking at things differently maybe yeah yeah that makes sense so like now moving forward are you are you even thinking about are you like writing lots of new material right now are you thinking about putting together a whole new special down the road like where are you at now with your material i am trying to like i would good timing for me that i just released that thing mm -hmm. and i had to start over anyway i was already kind of doing that my biggest thing is like, I just feel so different from last year. I mean, who hasn't changed over this past year? So then I'm like, what is even relatable that the old stuff I was talking about, um, you know, I was, I had a bit, I was trying out about how we were never home. 
you know, right before um, things got crazy. You know, I was talking about how we had like an Instapot and, but, and we went shopping, but we never cooked like bits about never being home, never cooking, never, you know, and it's like, that's all we do now. I don't know. I just feel like it's, uh, it's going to be a complete rebuild. Mm-hmm. My perspective is different. Um, talking about a lot about, um, you know, my kids going to school throughout this, going to a Catholic school and, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm still writing material and doing them in these virtual shows and trying to get my ideas out there. Um, but yeah, definitely different. Yeah. I feel like some pre-pandemic material won't, won't be relatable. Yeah. And I then, mean, that, mm-hmm. and then I wonder about, do people even want, do people want to hear about it? You know? Well, I mean, yes, I'm sure. Yes. And no, I mean, I watched your special and things have changed drastically, but I was still giggling and I could clear, I mean, I could totally relate to everything you were saying, but yeah, it would be strange for you to go out and perform shows and pretend that the last year never happened. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that's like been a void this year is um, because there's not a lot of gatherings and like to talk about the shared experience you know, versus online. That's really about it. Yeah. I know. I just think too, like when we're able to go out again and do shows and open mics, I mean, it's like after New Year's, the open mics are just completely flooded. Like you can't even get into an open mic and this is going to be like three times that. (laughs) I know. And everyone's going to have their pandemic material. It's like, there's going to be a lot of same premises and, you know, so it'll be, It'll just be good. Just get back out there. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're developing material, do you have like a process or a formula that you use to develop it when you're writing? I, I did kind of, I felt like I was um, starting to do a lot more stuff just on stage, like have a thought and then like kind of flesh it out on stage where I used to write a ton. And now I'm back to writing it, writing it because I'm not really doing shows. But I, I'll try stuff on um, some of these um, virtual things, try a new premise, new idea. Um, I think the best process that I don't always follow because I'm just not diligent all the time. I think the best process is recording the shows and listening to them. Yeah. Um, it's just hard to listen to yourself sometimes. So, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. It's kind of, it's torture in a way. Yeah, yeah. It is, but it is, it's also, I think the best, you know, there's just no shortcut. Um, but I like to, if I have a thought, try and jot it down mm-hmm. and then um, think about it. I'll write, but then I also try and just think about it too. Like I do think there's different, there's like a different voice from when you write and when you talk a little bit and you get closer to that. you like, you know, it's, it goes back to like talking about yourself and like, I think the more you drill down, the closer you get to like, you just want to really go up there and just talk. Yeah. You know, have a conversation with the audience. Like I I try and like incorporate that advice that I've gotten through the years, um, which is, is that just try and have a conversation with, with the people. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the night, they should feel like they're your friend. Totally. Yeah. 
you know, it's so funny. Do people ask you like on the spot? Oh, hey, Pat, like, tell me a joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. You? <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. It's awful. What do you say? No, I, 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 I usually just ignore it and just let it hang there and let them feel, you know, let them think about like, did he hear me? <laughs> do I need to ask again? Or am I a douchebag for saying that, <laughs> you know, and they'll usually figure that part out. <laughs> like, oh, that wasn't original. They probably hear that all the time. Oh my God. It's the worst. I'm like, really, if you want to hear me tell a joke, I'm going to be like talking about my eggs and be like, <laughs> oh, Lord, oh, there's only one egg left. Like, is that, re <laughs> is that really what you're asking me to do? <laughs> Cause right. it's going to be real weird, you know? Um, Oh my God. So what else did I want to ask you? I have to ask you about touring with Sebastian because that was such a big, I, I'm assuming such a big part of the last few years for you. Um, and, and what was that experience like and how long were you on the road and touring with him? It was the last few years. Um, it, it's been like unbelievable. Like that is something that I, I look back, like I was maybe taking a little bit for granted, like the venues that we're going to, I mean, really made it, me feel like, you know, I was in this like rare air on the uh, touring side, you know, cause there's just not a lot of comics doing what he's doing. And uh, it was amazing just being in South theaters really all over the into Canada and and then arenas um, and it, I mean just really unbelievable and yeah. just a great experience for me because it changed the way that I do it um, you know it, when I'm in a club I, I a lot of times do crowd stuff or just kind of I'll get off script and that's fun for me and I enjoy doing that um, but I don't do that at his shows and, and that helped me a ton in developing material and, and seeing him and the way he turns material and being exposed to his like work ethic um, was huge. So, I mean, just an unbelievable experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I read Steve Martin's book, Born Standing Up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he talks about as he gets bigger and bigger in terms of like his comedy and he's moving to larger venues, he feels like very depressed and kind of isolated and alone. Like, did you have that experience or, or how did you stay connected to the audience? You know, I was always very aware that it was not my audience. It was just Sebastian's. So I never, it never like, you know, I never had some illusion you know um but you anyone has that that uh lonely feeling on the road after you're doing big shows or just coming down from that high i think um it's it's different right but it's um it's also just kind of like you realize it's like a once in a lifetime and for me like being in those venues, I would always try and like relate it to like, um, like when we did the Madison Square Garden, like I, I was just thinking about the Bulls, like the NBA and, you know, just the history of it. And 
um, yeah, I think that was just. Wow. Were you nervous? I was nervous. Sure, I was nervous like the first time we did a, an arena. We did this arena in Toronto and it's in the round. So that's very different. And I'm not very um, physical and um, it's like you got to fill that space. But after doing it one time, I was not really that nervous after that. I was just kind of like, I just had to enjoy this. Like, it's just, it's just insane. You know? Yeah. Did you make eye contact with people in the crowd? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it got to a point where I would be in really like this last, so he's just been on this climb, right? But like the last year or two, like it's been like insane, you know, because his movie career is taken off and he's meeting a lot of different people. So like the Netflix special would where, you know, he taped at Radio City Hall is like, you know, you're doing your set and like Robert De Niro's right there. Oh my God. And Tony Danza, like they're right in like the first few rows and you're, you know, for me, that's like, you know, kind of crazy but cool yeah yeah were there were there people that you met i'm gonna i'm gonna check the pizza real quick okay but yeah yeah. keep keep these deep thoughts going i just (laughs) i'm putting on my armor um well it's also cool like when comics come out like brian regan came to a show in las vegas okay and and i think that both sebastian and i have like tremendous respect for brian regan like he's one of the best to ever do it and you know when someone like that's in the room you are that's in your head because they're gonna see through everything you know you gotta like really bring it and you want their respect and you know you know that they're gonna if you don't believe in something that they're gonna you're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna buy that from you. I don't know. It's just, yeah. um, but also like great experiences to have to, um, to feel more comfortable when, like when we taped the special, I think having been through some of those things mm-hmm. helped me because I was nervous that night. And, um, you know, whenever there's stakes and cameras are on, it's in your head and, um, but that, that helped me, you know? Oh yeah, I'm sure. And, and you, like you had, did you have four shows for your special when you were two, here? two, two shows? Yeah. Okay. And at and the Vic at the Vic. Yeah. And, and we're both recorded. Yeah. We recorded both of them and then they just kind of, it's mostly the first show I believe. And then like one or well, maybe one, one bit. We blended in from the second. Mm-hmm. That was such that was such a fabulous show, and I loved how after the show, then everybody gathered in the street, and you said hi to everyone, and like the cameras were still rolling, and it just it felt like a party. I mean, it really oh, did. Like, it yeah, was it was so fun. fun. For me, that was like it was you know doing it at home was so cool, and I would you know, when I was out there and I saw people, it was like, you know, great grade school friends 
And then like, oh, there's my high school crew. Here's people I worked with. Here's people I, you know, went to college with. There's Sarah's crew. Here's, you know, it was really like my whole life. So it was fun to do here. And I used to live right there. Yeah, I remember. I, I went to your place, that loft. It was a loft place. Yeah. Loft yeah. Yeah. Oh right in goodness. the hood, right there. Exactly. Um, so what were some other like highs and lows that you had when you were touring so much? Like with Sebastian? I mean, it's definitely just the, the being gone, mm -hmm. which in retrospect, I even feel more now because having been home, I realized maybe I was not as connected as I should have been and just how much they need you, you know? Um, other highs, let me think. I think it's just doing things on my own. It, you know, that really helped me going into markets with Sebastian and then going back by myself to like the comedy club. I could start to see that like maybe some people were starting to come out and that was like, you know, what, what we were trying to build by, um, you know, putting the special out there. And so I'm looking forward to that. I know it's going to come back slowly, but it'll be, it'll be nice to get back out there. Yeah. Yeah. And did you feel like, did Sebastian give you advice? Like, did you guys, did he just give you advice about the business and did you ever have a chance to workshop material with him? What was that like? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll talk about things. We don't really workshop material together, but we'll talk about um, premises here and there. Um, he'll always answer a question and share like his resources, but he's not like, you know, you should do this or you should do that. He's more like a lead by example guy. Mm -hmm. And I've learned a ton just from, from watching him and, and being around him and you know, um, I'm working with um, the same management company and same agency as him now. So that, you know, he introduced me to those people. And um, in that way, he's helped me just a great deal. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, okay, hang on. I, I got to look at this beautiful masterpiece. The King Yeah, that looks... The King Arthur pizza that you can't eat virtually, unfortunately. Um, kind of reminds me of oven grinders a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a nice comparison. Yeah, that you looks know? really good there. I mean, Pat, I do feel that I need to drop some pizza off for you. Um, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. So It looks like Pequot's yeah. now. Oh, Wait, yeah. You just pulled it up there. It sure does. Okay, so I'm going to show you, well, I'll show you what it looks like. I think it looks pretty awesome myself. That looks really good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to brag, Please. but. Let's show Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, come on in here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get that little tush in here. Check out the pizza. Oh, hot dish. Sarah. Hi. Oh my gosh, we just had a really intense session and I made a beautiful pizza. You look beautiful. That looks so good, Glor. Dang. Does it look good? Or is it, is that a, a skillet pizza? Yeah, it's a skillet. I'm learning how to cook. I'm so impressed. Oh my gosh. Sarah, 
I wanted to um, do a segment called Side Dish in Hot Dish, and you're the side dish. Oh my, well, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I was uh, more prepared, but that's so cute. I love that. You're always ready. It's, oh, yeah, you're not the side bitch, you're the side dish. I love it. I just love to it. Be clear. There's, always, there's always a really savory side dish. That's such a cute name. That's so creative. Oh my gosh. I said I would say, this is the hot dish. Oh my That's gosh. Like my tagline now. Or I love it. So is the premise always to make something while you're chit-chatting? Yes. Okay. So yes. it involves a lot of brain power on my part and yeah. skill. So But I, I feel like even virtually like food is a is a is a binder, you know, like a common This is recording. We're still talking. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Oh, okay. It's okay. Yeah, um, we just watched Julia and Julie. Did you watch that? Yeah. And then Pat made French onion soup. He really makes nothing, so but he wanted to make that, which is like the most complicated thing you can make. Oh my it gosh! Really good. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was um, definitely tedious. You Sarah's should have done cook. it on the show. Wait, what, Pat? Sarah's a real cook. She does like the Ina Garden. Oh, I love Ina Garden. She's so Lauren, good. Lauren is. Um, you guys, okay, so here are some of my final questions, though. Um, are you going to stay in Chicago? Hmm. <laughs> I would be open to... Do you have a retirement account? <laughs> right. No, I don't think that there's any reason to leave Chicago right now. Yeah. Yeah. I would, be, I would be open down the road if, if, you know, just almost like to go and come back, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's just one of those things like, you know, comics, performers always say like, you, you can't stay in Chicago to make it like you've got to move to New York or LA. Like that's where the things are happening. That's where the business is. Like, mm -hmm. do you, yeah, I, I'm curious. Like, do but not you a lot of comics are leaving LA. A lot of people are I don't know that if that's as true as it used to be. I mean, for writing gigs, definitely. And you got to go out there for certain projects, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to move out there, like, unless I had a real good reason. Mm -hmm. Right. I think at this point, staying here, stationary, and then with my work, it's almost like it, it roots us and it's just more comfortable because Pat travels so much in regular, like, non-COVID world. So if we were to uproot and move, it'd almost be like just, you know, moving us to a lonely atmosphere because he's still going to travel just as much, I think, you know, if we go back to how it was. So yeah, being central is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I would, I would always be up for an adventure. I think that I would always have to come back to Chicago. You know, the roots are, are deep here, but yeah. or if we stayed here. We're going to throw ourselves a going away party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then buy you and then we'll be back 12 weeks later <laughs> i'll be there i we're mean we're just gonna get an airbnb in brooklyn <laughs> which is what i want to do i know you want to do that sarah yeah um you guys i have to also taste this while we're talking because oh. it's just part of the show it's part of what i do so don't burn the roof of your mouth <gasps> at the end of the show you're right every episode ends with her burning her mouth <laughs> ruining your week <laughs> Sure. that looks delicious you guys fresh basil right there it have? it is it's a little sad it was fresh that, basil <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh 
It's, it's like a, the plant in ET. It's super that's sad. What I said. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I feel they, like that plant. It's all this time you guys spend together. Now you have the same thoughts. Right. You know. Um, is someone going to be knocking on our door with a piece, or are we just going to watch you eat that? <laughs> Sorry, but you're going to watch it right now. It smells so good. Hey, you guys, I'm scared now. Yeah, be careful. Mm. Oh, man. Is it good? Can you taste it, the wrinkles in the, in the basil? <laughs> <laughs> it dried out. It did? Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys, you a, it's really good. You have a good cut and chew for, like, a, for, for TV. I'm yeah. professional. Thank I you. I know you are. This um, is so fun. Oh my gosh. Sarah, so you're the side dish and you know, I also have another side dish over here in the kitchen. His name is Seth. Hi he, Seth. What's up Seth? Yay. Hi. He, he needs, well, his hair is, it's interesting. It's, it's very hippie. Hi Seth. Hey, what's up Seth? Seth. How, I, I how are the waves now. today? <laughs> What'd you say? So how are the waves today? <laughs> I bet you just got back from, yeah, man. You guys both look so <laughs> island tropical. Oh my I love God. it. Yeah, you guys look so much more relaxed than us. Mm-hmm. It's a Brooklyn yeah. shirt. Yeah. I got my second COVID shot yesterday, so I had the chills all night last night. Oh boy, really? Really? So now you feeling I'm better now? now? I'm feeling good because I'm going to eat this pizza that Lauren made. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you got number two out of the way. That's exciting. Yeah, the pizza will help you um, bounce right back. This is our first double date. Oh, <laughs> it is. Oh it's a long time coming. Are you usually in the studio audience, Seth? Uh, yeah, or in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk. I'm like, don't talk, don't flush the toilet, don't turn on the internet, don't right. watch anything because you're going to screw up my bandwidth. So, yeah. <laughs> don't flush the toilet. <laughs> I'm like, great. this mic, this mic picks up everything you know it's, that's, that's nice. legit Laura yeah I'm She's loving cool. this I'm loving this whole concept and now you get to turn it off and it, actually enjoy this together yeah with your wingman with your side dish <laughs> if you were a side dish Seth what would you be oh good question um french fries oh yeah yeah and Everybody what would be your french fries what would be your dip your sauce I like a I mean I, like a I do like aioli. garlic aioli. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love I like ketchup too. I mean, but you know, right? Yeah, you can't go wrong. You guys like how it's Sarah's show now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, Sarah. I just think. Okay, on, let me go get my popcorn I'm making. I'll <laughs> show you. Oh my god! I know we we do have to go in a minute because you guys have children and a hockey game. Um, but I just have to think about. I think of all the funny things that you've done, Sarah. Um, and I, I think about when I visited you in Nice, mm-hmm. when you were studying abroad, and when you volunteered at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, man. And your stories are Pure so Pure luck, funny. right? Yeah, yeah. but, and, and your pants ripped open, which I still laugh about. Oh, my gosh. That was, like, the first credit card purchase I ever made. I didn't even know. I bought what I thought were these really nice black pants that were Velcro, and everything in France was too small and I was eating Nutella every morning. So I was lucky enough to just like randomly put my name on this list to be a volunteer at Elizabeth Taylor's AIDS gala. Had no clue. And I was in charge of this diamond, just at this small after party. The movie was Dogma. Do you guys remember that? With um, Ben Affleck and what's his side dish? 
Um, yeah, yeah, so it didn't do so great, but everyone was there and Ben Affleck was making out with Elle McPherson and I was just, it almost made me not, like I'm not star crazy now because I'm like, wow, these are just humans. And then yes, my pants burst open and I went and hung out with the ballet guys to like get it put back together. <laughs> were more my people so it was funny um, that almost feels like it never happened right? oh my god i'm you, sorry you know, lauren, lauren talks about you guys all the time and she just told me last week that right before you met pat for the first time that you were really into going um tanning you... oh i was a cocktail like a, like 10 minutes in the bed and then a spray tan. I mean, how yeah. was that even legal? You she just the color you, of, of Lauren's sweater when I met her. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. You, Sarah, you told me that you looked like a tan biscotti when you met Pat. It was just <laughs> silly, right? I don't know. And then yeah, I wanted to orange chicken. Yeah. Oh my god. I guess. Yeah. Oh like God! I just got off the beach. Sarah, so I'm sorry. Fun. I'm just making fun of you because I love you and you no. crack me up. Like just I, as much as Pat, so. I still love a good tan towel. So I've just sort of, <laughs> I've upgraded and minimized, but. I mean, old habits, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, you guys, Thanks. I love you both. I love you guys. so much Thanks fun. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Great yeah. to see you, Seth. Yeah, yeah great to yeah. see you. This pizza is great for job. you with your 2020 special, the toast of the town and the 2020 recipe of the year. And. I can't wait to see what you do next. Oh. And Seth is going to eat all the pizza. So <laughs> that looks yeah, so good. That looks so good. That's really pretty good. It's it's really good. I bet it is. Um, enjoy that and send me that recipe. Okay, and you guys, this has been a wonderful, wonderful edition of Hot Dish. Um, what did I gonna was it I gonna say, Pat? Golly gee, or something? Good Gosh. gravy. I was on a virtual show the other day, and a, a woman <laughs> said that. Good gravy. Good gravy. My Lord. Okay. Well, I love you guys. My goodness was it was I think that Oh one. my goodness. Yeah. My goodness. Some something southern to close it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love you both. And okay. um I'm gonna stay on and you guys can go. I mean, right. I have to stay Good luck. on. Okay, we can't All wait right. to see this. Thank you, thank you guys. And you guys, thank you so much. And thank you to Lincoln Lodge and Christine and Sarah. And yes. Bye, Lincoln Lodge. Thank you, Lincoln Lodge. Bye. So Bye. Fun, Congratulations. Thank you.